Hey everybody, uh, we won't ignore you anymore. We were just talking stuff for a second. Welcome back to Starcastic Remarks. Should I cut that out? Yeah. I'll cut that out. <laughs> Joe Pawalski, the ageless wonder i don't know necessarily about ageless but he has a nice long rest and he's playing playoff hockey and he's playing it really well jim nill is looking like a genius right now isn't he i look like uh, an idiot for pretty much the whole regular season so it's about time <laughs> yeah yeah i mean it, it was i think it was understood that we were looking to pick up pavelski and even perry for the postseason like we were gonna have to drag them there, but once they got there, they have so much experience that I, yeah, I, I agree. I think that was the plan the, all along was they there for playoffs. Maybe they do something during the season. Right. Welcome back to Starcastic Remarks. This is Ryan, and we got Chris and Zach joining us on the broadcast again. How are you guys doing? Doing a, a lot better than after the Stars lost the last one. Yeah, no joke. So, Stars Stars winning has me in a pretty good mood. I'm good too. Good input, Christian. Good job. Thanks. <laughs> Straight to the point. All right. Stars won yesterday with a final score of five to four in overtime with about five and a half minutes left, four and a half minutes left. And it seemed like Kleinberg scored the goal, but hours later they came out and we actually figured out that Rajulov is the one that tipped the puck into the net. So good for both of them. Anyways, we got a lot to talk about with this game. I guess we just have to hope that the score tomorrow will be five to four in game five. Yeah, that's the magic number, which is <laughs> completely the opposite of what we thought this was going to be going in, right? Like, if you were to tell if yeah, if you were going to tell me that the the stars were going to play in two games that went to five to four, I would have been laughing. Not one, not believing you. Yeah, and two, I would have thought that we were losing both. Ten... And that those two games would sandwich a shutout. Right, yeah, no joke. <laughs> ten goals and we lost. two games. And we lose. Ten goals and two games, which is not what we were expecting at all. So let's just hope, I guess the magic number is five. We'll get to five. Well, well it's that, and, and it could have been so much more. I mean, 62 shots on goal. Like, yeah. on paper, it looked like you look at the game, you're like, oh, Talbot led in five goals. Yeah, but... He saved, what is that, 57? 57? Yeah, something sure. crazy like that. <laughs> like, that's insane. The Flames' like, defense is awful. They are yeah. bad. They are the worst defense in the West, I bet. Well, no, and the thing is, is that coming in, I thought that Calgary actually had one of the better defenses. <laughs> I really did. They, now, they they're, had, no, they're, they're no St. Louis now, but their defense is... I thought I thought it would be better than that, and maybe they're missing Travis Hamonic that much, but you know you would think they'd do a little better. Yeah, I I didn't think that we would be scoring five goals in a game against them. Like, and that's more a knock on the Stars' offense than than a praise of Calgary's defense. But one thing I've noticed, which I don't know if y'all have seen the same things in the game, uh, it seems like Calgary's like the top of Calgary's defense does not pressure our our top defensive pairing. Like, they don't really pressure them. They let them do whatever they want. 
and they just guard the middle. Have y'all been noticing that same thing? I have. Like when we're setting up in the offensive zone? Yeah, I, I feel like we yeah. have a lot of space on top. Our D-men are definitely moving around. Well, and I, I think we mostly saw it in the third period there because that third period, we were just onslaughting them. I mean, it wasn't even close. Well, it, it kind of looked like they tried to pull a, hey, we're in the third period, like we're not going to play. That right. the stars tend to pull. So that's kind of what it looked like to me. But even before then, they're just like they give our de- our defensive our defensemen so much space up at the top, and you don't want to give Klingberg and Haskin in space because well, and apparently will, Jamie Lachtiak now too, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's he, coming out of his own too. He's he's doing pretty good. I think he had an uncharacteristically bad game last that's, night. Yeah, that's um, true. Specifically the penalties, but you know that aside, I mean, really. We haven't really seen Lindell come alive, and I think he's kind of playing that super defensive style he plays when Klingberg's really going all-out offense. So that's kind of expected, but but they're just giving us a lot of space up top, and I think that's really what's contributing to a lot of our goals. We're shooting it from the point, and it looks like we have adjusted to let's put three guys up in front of the net now. Hey, yeah, did so you see we that shoot power play? <laughs> three up in the box, and like if we get a rebound, one of our players is going to get it. Like when a D man drops down into his slot, the, the coaching staff saw <laughs> something. <laughs> it's kind of funny when I saw that power play, it was our, our big four, I guess you could say Radulov, Sagan, Ben, and then Haskinen as well. And there's the four of them just, you know, they, they came out for that power play. And then it, it as soon as I think it was Ben won the face off and relief of Sagan, all three of them just went straight to the net. <laughs> they were just yeah. like, let's just forget about the the outsides and, and getting the the shots from the from the dots from the faceoff circles. Let's send them all three to the front of the net and let Miro and Klingberg do their thing. So Yeah, and, and it was great to see because that puts Pavelski up in front of the net where he belongs. And it shows when he scores three goals in a game. Granted, one was on a rush, but two two of his goals came from him sitting in front of the net and putting away a rebound. That's what he does. Now, this kind of goes into one of the points we were going to talk about and what we discussed. Klingberg, quite a game he had. And, you know, I don't know about y'all and what y'all see on social media, but it's mostly on the Facebook groups that I see, not so much on Twitter, but definitely the Facebook groups. There's a, a lot of people that say, oh, well, he's overrated and he needs to be traded or whatever. We need some help. No, and, no, uh, no, you're understating it. There's a group of like 50 Stars fans who are super vocal and hate Klingberg so much. I don't know who these people are, but they do not know how to watch hockey or what hockey statistics are. It's so frustrating. Yep. Yeah. And and I'm seeing the same thing. So I'm a lot, lot more active on the Reddit group going through there. And I see it. I see it a lot there, mostly talking about you know, Klingberg, he does make some stupid mistakes. It, it happens. But he he has so much offense that he generally more than makes up for it. I mean, last night ending with a with a plus two, even though he was on the ice again for the shorthanded goal. Um, <laughs> it's getting ridiculous. We'll, we'll, we'll I, get there in a second. We'll yeah. Get, yeah, we'll, anyway. Say anyway. <laughs> um, so I, I think he had a great night. I think he ended up with three assists had the gold take it, taken away from him and given it to Radulov. I don't know if Radulov's tip really made that much of a difference on where it went. I did see the puck move slightly. I think it was going in either way. But he, he ended up, yeah, he ended up with three points in the game, and that's huge. And I especially think that the main reason why you're seeing turnovers and takeaways 
from him is because he's playing half of the hockey game. If he's on the ice for half the game, it's gonna happen. Like yeah. there's there's no way to stop it. And like they also use the the plus minus stat, of course, to to, to try and show that he's not as good as they, as everyone says he is. But when a player is playing again half the time of the game, he's gonna be out there for goal for on average about half of the goals against. So using plus minus for a possession defenseman is just an idiotic stat to use, and it just shows no knowledge. So all Klingberg haters, I hate you too. Go ahead, Zach. I almost interrupted you. No, so all I was going to say is, I mean, like Christian said, Klingberg plays for a major- plays for a majority of the game, especially without having Johns now. Like, that's, that's hurting. That hurts a lot. a lot. Yeah. And again, so, we'll talk about that here in a second too. Yeah, and, and Klingberg just scores, score, gets so many points for the team. Um, you know, he's, he's shooting it from the point a lot too. And kind of what seems to be happening is he shoots it from the point, and if it if the top player blocks it, that's where they're getting those rushes from. And we are shooting a lot from the point. Um, it seems to be kind of an emphasis on what we're doing right now. So that's how that we get our offense. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's part of the reason why people are frustrated is you know a, a bad bounce off someone's shin pad bounces halfway down the ice. Jordy Ben has to turn around and skate, um, and then they have to go chase and grab it. So uh, I think that's kind of the, I think one of the main complaints is the, is he's being, he's been out there on, I think all the shorthanded goals. So. Yeah. yeah. But I think the reason those shin pad things are happening on those block shots is because the flames are overall a faster team. So we have guys that I think are faster than all the flames, like Grayonov and Hintz. I think those are the fastest guys on the ice, but overall every flame skater is a pretty much a good skater other than Lucic. Yeah. So they're all flying down the ice, and our forwards can't catch up even if our defenseman slows them down a little bit. So we're kind of leaving our D-man out to dry, especially on the power play when we've got the umbrella with one guy on top. If they get a lucky block and it takes a kick into the neutral zone, you're gone. you got one D-man that you have to beat. So I got three things to add to that. So I think Yanmark is also pretty quick, too. And side note, he had an, a great game, and he continues to impress me, but he still can't finish. <laughs> and not because yeah. he's Finnish. He's a third liner, so I'll, I'll, I'll take it. Like We're not paying him to score. <laughs> well, I mean, c- can you imagine, the, just based off of what you've seen the past two games from him, if he was scoring, he could be a legit oh. top six forward he, if he Easily was a top six if he buried like we, half of them. But. We have seen this, though, for years at this point. Like yeah, It I, doesn't it, surprise it, me that Yanmark isn't Finnish. Yeah, this is the guy he is, and he gets paid for it. So I, yeah. I think we should stop complaining about it. Really, just kind of expect it, and it, at least we're getting some pressure on the goaltender. Is and, what we should he, be being thankful he, for. He works hard every game. Like he works he stretches, hard every game. He stretches the ice. So yeah. there's so, lots well, of benefit from it. But yes, he can't score, and it's kind of frustrating. <laughs> now and then, well, I forgot the second thing, but the third thing is there. You go. See, you're talking too much. The third thing is you can't take plus minus, uh, too seriously over a long period of time. I think it's a very deceptive stat uh, over a season. Now, if it's for, like, you know, a period of, like, five games or a single game or two or three games like that, it it really does say something about that individual player. But once you get to, like, an extended, you know, point, uh, a season, like a, a full season, it – Plus minus doesn't really do anything good for us. Yeah. So for like so for example, when you think about let's think about a really offensive team. What's the most offensive team in the NHL? The T- Tampa Bay Lightning. 
but let's just go with them. Okay. I bet, and I haven't done my research on this, but I bet if we go and look at their stats, especially from last season, when they set the regular season wins record with like 62 or 66, it was over 60. And you go look at Nikita Kucherov's plus minus or whatever. He's going to, he's, I would bet it's huge. I mean, the man scored 128 points, but does that mean he's a great defensive player? Not necessarily. It, and I, I just think we got to be careful about that plus minus uh, thing. So anyways, uh, let's go. Let's change it. That kind of is a good transition into our plus, next topic. Plus which, 24, by the way, for last year for Nikita Kucherov. See, that, that's pretty high. That's really high. Because he scored a lot of goal. Right. So let's transition into this next topic, which is the ice time for the Stars defensemen. And specifically for Miro Haskin and uh, Zach, do you want to tell us how long he was on the ice for? Yeah. So <laughs> our, our top two Yeah, we'll look at both of them. But uh, so Miro Haskin was on the ice for 35 minutes and 45 seconds of a, a of an 80 minute long game. Time. Well, okay, 75. 75. 75. So. Whatever. But still. But yeah, he was on the ice for a very long time. Um. It, and John Klingberg, too, 32 minutes and 19 seconds. Um, and then you compare that with our bottom two, Sekera and Fadoon. Sekera uh, played 10 minutes and 48 seconds. Fadoon only played six minutes and 42 seconds of that game. Um, we are essentially playing with four defensive two defensive pairings. Yeah, two defensive pairings. Um, and it, it it worries me a little bit because... I kind of looked at the end of the game. It did seem like Haskinen was starting to slow down a little bit. Um, he was you still making the plays. Guy? My goodness. No, no, I can't. <laughs> and I'm saying what worries me about it, though, is we're having to lean on our top guys so much. If we don't, like, it's going to be tough to go through an entire playoffs like that. Um, I don't I don't know how they'll hold up. It's they're good players, but man, if you're playing that night in, night out, that is going to be rough. Yeah, a seven-game series with us leaning on those two guys is super dangerous because they're also like they're like, aren't they one and two for points? Either way, they're at least top five for points in, on the Stars during the postseason, and like, if that goes away because of them being tired and getting worn down, that's gonna there goes all our goals too. We're not gonna have puck possession. We're not gonna be able to score. And we're not going to be able to play defense either. So I honestly think that we should play Sekera and Fadoon more, and we should try and trust them out there. And even though that's terrifying to say, seeing what we've seen from Sekera and Fadoon, I think at at some point we're going to have to we're going to have to throw them out there. I mean, maybe we can hope for a game that's not won by one goal, and we can put them out there. That's, but that's kind of what I'm hoping. I I want we have outplayed the Flames. I feel like in the last three games we lost one hundred percent, yes, which really sucks. I would like to see us jump out to a three-goal lead, and then that would allow us to play Sekera and Fadun, right? Like, if we are able to actually get a moderately safe lead, because that's still not obviously the Most safest lead in the world, but, you know, if we're able to get a, a decent lead, we can actually start running them out there a little bit. So, and Chris, you were right, by the way. Uh, Mario Haskin is leading the team with eight points. John Klingberg with six. Joe now with five. Four of, Statistician over here. Well, all of which are goals for 
Joe Pavalski. Yeah. Who would have figured that? <laughs> Whatever. Okay. <laughs> Five goals, no assists. Stop. Now, hey, now, now that we're talking about Joe Pavalski, just random uh, statistic for you. I actually saw this thing on Twitter, but he is one of the oldest players in NHL history to score in a hat trick in a playoff game. And I mean, like. Also- the only Dallas Stars player, not franchise, Dallas Stars. So since they moved to Dallas, um, player to ever score a, ha- a hat trick in a playoff game. Right. Which is insane to think about seeing that we had Madonna on our team. We had Paul All? on our team for a little bit. New and Dyke. Like, yeah. Like we had, we had players that you'd think would have had hat tricks, but. Underperformed. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Come on now. Come on, Madonna. You have to score more. You know, and Brett Hall with his, like, almost 700 goals. Yeah. Not good yeah, enough. Pavel- Pavelski deserved the hat trick that game, too. He was the best skater on the ice by far, head and shoulders. He, he really, like, he just looked hungry. He wanted it more. That's that's really what it comes down to. Well, and, and you would, got it. And you would have to go all the way back to 1982. So almost 40 years ago when a Minnesota North Star at that point uh, scored a hat trick. Dino Cesarelli. It's been a while. All right. Um, so one of, one of the last points we wanted to mention today was, and I think this is the difference in the series and why this series is tied right now instead of the Stars being up 3-1, to one, in my personal opinion. And it's special teams. Honestly. It's hard to, add, hard to argue that. Um, yeah. Well, when you get look at the amount of power play goals that the stars have given up they've they've given up one in just about every single game i think the only one they didn't give up was in game three and then they've given up a shorthanded goal in game two game three and game four so if we can stay out of the box and i guess stay off the power play (laughs) we'll be fine because we because we we are destroying them five on five 100% 100% we are destroying We don't it. want any special teams, so it, we should just decline power plays. I don't know <laughs> if that's a – if I was Calgary, I'd be intentionally slashing to try and get on the penalty kill and just throw Ryder right, right out there and be like, hey, go score another goal, man. Yeah, and I remember yeah. the two of y'all uh, texting with me and talking about when they scored that shorty. <sighs> and Who was it? I forgot who scored that goal. The, the shorthanded goal. Oh, it was, the it same was guy who scored the, the other same one. guy who scored the other two. Tobias yeah. Reader? Yeah. Reader? I hate that of course. guy. He has three in back-to-back-to-back games. That's freaking ridiculous. <laughs> he, he is currently tied uh, tied with the postseason record of shorthanded goals in a postseason. Well, And, it, and it's the, the it's round one. Yeah, and yeah. It, that's true, yeah. R- so, round one well, and a half. <laughs> no, no, not like round half. <laughs> Like round point five, only through four games. So, so yeah, it's crazy. If I'm Rick Bonus, I'm telling our players that they need to be way more disciplined. Because, I mean, we we scored power play goals in game two and game four, and that's great. But you know, honestly, if it, if it means we give up shorthanded goals, I would almost not have it because. We are obviously outplaying them five on five. I mean, well, it, so part of the thing is on, it feels like on two of the three 
power play goal. It has been un- like an unlucky bounce off of someone's shin pad. And then I think Klingberg should have taken a penalty on the, uh, I believe it was the one in game two. I think he should have just taken the penalty. Yeah. Uh, or at least given, or at least just given the penalty shot. Like, I think I would have rather taken that. Um, the other piece of it is, I feel like a little bit is on Hudobin. I, I don't, I don't rag on Hudobin very often. I love the guy. Dobby's, Dobby's one of my favorite players on the Stars. But, man, you got to save one of them. <laughs> like, yeah, he had. He hasn't been playing up to up to par, really, from what we saw during the regular season. Neither him or Bishop did in his one game. So that that's what's been concerning me more is because so we put the we put the Stars goalie as the better goaltender in this series when we did our uh, our pre-series thing, and that has not been true. Yeah, Talbot is the much better goaltender this series, and that's honestly dangerous for us because our goaltending is probably the best thing about this team. So if yeah. we want to go, if we want to go deeper, that's what's going to take us there. It's our goal thing. It's not going to be scoring five goals in a game. Well, you know that's an that's an interesting question. So does that mean that our philosophy may change for this for this playoffs? I mean, if if we're gonna, if we can score five goals and, and and you know do it that way, is there really anything wrong with it, that? If our if our philosophy has to change to that, we're going to lose the game. So our team isn't isn't built to score five goals every game, or else we would have been doing it all regular season. We would have found that eventually. If our goaltending is not up and we have to rely on scoring five goals a game, I don't think there's a chance. I think Dobby has to step up if we want to beat one of these better teams. And I think the only reason we're scoring five goals is because it's Calgary and they're bad at defense. I I think another thing, that and, and we were talking about special teams, that's a big piece of this. Calgary has had the best power play in the postseason. And that was that's not just against the stars. They were doing the same thing against the Jets. Like they're scoring power play goals. Um, I think a big part of it is they are fast. Um, the question becomes, does our penalty kill pick back up when we're against a, a slower team? Um, I'm not sure, but that's been I mean, like we were saying, the special teams is where they're scoring their goals. Um, so I and I don't. I don't remember us taking as many penalties as, as we did, as we have been in the regular season. So I think, I do think if we clean it up a little bit, we'll see less goals against. Um, I, I would just like to see Dobby make a couple, like one of those saves, right? We need, like some, one big of those saves. Saves. We need some big saves is what we need. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on, hold on, hold on. He had that e- giant, enormous oh, he, save against Goudreau. But we I, and I'm not saying I'm not saying that I'm saying specifically on those breakaway chances. Like you got like if he saves one of those shorthanded goals in either game in either game uh three, well I guess game two. Game two if he but if he saves that goal in game three, it's it's a different game. We're not down two zero or down zero one zero and have a lot more life go keep to keep on going. Like it's not only his fault, right? But like I feel like that's a save that we need to have made every once in a while. He's not playing happen- the way he was. He would have made that save in the regular season. Can't happen three times in a row, right? Like, we can't be giving up a shorthanded chance like that, you know, every single game. But, like, he, sh- I do think he needs to be able to save one of those, right? Instead of all three of those going in. That's what's kind of surprising. You know, I think y'all are ragging on Hudobin too much, in my opinion. No, no. I, I think, he's, he's, playing. I think yeah, he's, he's playing great. I'm not saying he's not playing good. 
it's just on the I'm strictly speaking on the special team side of things, like and specifically the shorthanded goals, like those are saves he's made in the past and that he can make. That that's what I'm talking about. Not his five on five goal like I think Hudobin's not playing as well as he was in the regular season, but that's a podcast point for another time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I'll... We'll talk about that after he gets a shutout next game, of course, now that I've said that. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, go shutout. That's, that's, what, that's, that's what I'm hoping. <laughs> all right, so all right, so last thing, uh, last point that we've got. We're making this podcast in between games uh, because we were too tired to do it yesterday, right? Uh, I was tired too. But what are you looking for in game five? What, what's a huge key to win game five, in your opinion? I'll start with Zach. Uh, we, I mean, we just touched on it, but stay out of the penalty box. Don't, don't give their offense a spark. Um, it, that's, that's pretty much my only thing. If we can stay out of there, like, I don't think they get going and then we get shut down. We can shut them down five on five. Mm-hmm. I think Calgary has been the lucky has been the luckier team this series, and I think it's about to turn around. And I think the Stars are about to have a a big blowout on Game Five, is my opinion. So you're looking for a big blowout Lux, game. Luck's going to change. The law of averages is about to kick in. Stars are going to win five two. Five two. Very specific. We have to See, score was, five goals. I was I was hoping it'd be seven one, uh, <laughs> like the Avalanche beat the Coyotes. So. That's the kind of game I want. <laughs> Poor Darcy Kemper. <laughs> yeah, I and I don't, man. He's he's the only thing keeping them alive in that series. So. Yeah, I feel so bad for him. Well, that's that's another podcast <laughs> thing. Uh, you know, speaking of which, we'll probably talk about that, and maybe maybe our next podcast we'll talk about uh, how our picks from our predictions are doing, just to see what they're looking at. Because some of them are doing pretty well, and then others are just not doing too yeah, great. At yeah. least for me. Um, yeah, now, anyways, back back to what we were talking about. Uh, I'm gonna agree with Zach on this one. We got to stay out of the box. We got if we keep their power plays probably to a minimum of minimum of two or three. Okay, yeah, that, I'm agreeing. Yeah, you're right, Chris. Uh, he's holding up a two for those of you that aren't watching on YouTube. If we keep them to a two or a th- two or three power plays goodness i cannot speak then i think we will be fine we will win the game and we won't have to ask dobby to stand on his head although he might and we may get a shutout yep. uh and that that's a big thing is you know i just looking at stats like uh for hudobin he had a two point he has a 2.6 goals goals against average and uh a, still a 0.907 save percentage so He's his saves are it's still below what he was doing during the regular season. I think it was a nine two, nine two zero at the end of the regular season. But I I think that he'll he'll start making so. Uh, for one, I think the Stars' defense is going to start playing a little bit better, um, and that will allow him to have a have a great game in front of him. Last thoughts, Chris. Go Stars. Last thoughts, Zach? Let's win 7-1. <laughs> I don't want to have a heart attack. Let's, let's pull a Colorado Avalanche. How about that? 
<laughs> thank you everybody no <laughs> seriously i don't know if i can handle another one thank you everybody for tuning in this has been starcastic remarks with ryan zach and chris chambers y'all can follow us on twitter at starcastic r and also follow us on facebook we have a facebook page there starcastic remarks and then we also are on youtube at starcastic remarks as well and then you can also find us wherever you find your podcasts Stars won game four with a score of five to four in overtime. Thank you to Alexander Radula. And we'll talk to you guys tomorrow.